Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. I'm your co-host, Joe. I am Nick. And today we're doing a little something different. Um, but before we get to that point, uh, how you doing, Nick? Doing good. We're drinking our fucking favorite drink. Old Crow, the, the official sponsor of the podcast, whether or not they know about it. Um, it's but, official. Yeah, it's, it's official. They're, well, we're just waiting for them to catch up. I know you've been ran ragged by the army recently. Uh, apparently so. Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, and I have been doing numerous stupid things on the internet and inviting the ire of a lot of people I didn't know knew I existed. <laughs> Which is fucking great while I'm at work. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Nick was at work this morning and... Uh, I made a stupid fucking joke about Black Rifle Coffee uh, sponsoring Sean Hannity. Uh, and before I knew it, I had people from Reuters and uh, people from SoFrep, who I defended in our last episode, uh, calling me a piece of shit. <laughs> now, it's, now you're regretting. I still, I still defend what they did. but you What know, they did, but the people they are. Right, and, you know, they did all sorts of awful shit um, in the past. And, you know, it's it's kind of like the joke from Harry Potter. Uh, Wish where, I'd seen it. Whereas uh, somebody can be a great man, but not necessarily a good one. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's giving me a really Spider-Man-ish. Yeah. With great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility, yeah. Right. Uh, but well, uh, Great doesn't always mean good. Exactly. Uh, we... Sometimes uh, great just means being a piece of shit. Uh, just a really huge piece of shit, and grit becomes a measurement of size rather than quality. Right, a unit of measurement. Yeah. Uh, so today, I can go into that all day, but it's not what our podcast is about. I'm sure there's going to be another one or two about that. Um, we're going to talk about battles that never actually were battles, but battles who still somehow through hundreds of years in one of them and almost a hundred years in the other yeah. still find their way like as an earworm into popular culture. Um, one of them is well known for being a bunch of shit, but the other one is still pretty much reported as fact. Um, and that kind of branches into our Q&A episode uh, that we did last week about... Um, about how things can somehow not be true, but uh, start to be accepted as a uh, as a matter of fact, um, uh, and you know that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to get to is uh, not exactly in our podcast wheelhouse, and it's nothing that we've ever covered before. Right. Our topic today brings us back to. One of the multiple uh, Austro-Turkish Wars, um, which is just called the Austro-Turkish War, but a, a more specific battle than that, and one that is well known along um, pseudo-historians on the internet as the Battle of Kinsebis. Um so see, I'm not gonna lie. I know nothing about that. I'm going in blind. And most I've people, never heard of it. most people are. Um, there's no. I mean, because it's a battle in this episode, you're going to know that there's no scholarly sources on this. Right. There's no nothing. Um, it is this weird thing that uh, started at a kernel of truth, like 
a one kernel, and somehow someone just stretched it into this being this big epic story that simply doesn't measure <laughs> up. Somebody said, "Oh fuck yeah, this shit happened." Yeah, and that's it's what we're going to go into, and that's why a lot of not necessarily classical history because this isn't classical history. Um, but why a lot of history before uh, you know actual proof existed is is flexible, right? Um, so our first story brings us to the Austro-Turkish War, which be actually began as the Russo-Turkish War, before it turned to a massive Habsburg family fight against the Ottomans. Um, I know I shit talk the Habsburgs <laughs> a lot, uh, but I don't have an excuse for that because it's all warranted. They're pieces of shit who all fucked each other. Um, but there's no surprise. Nothing uh, wrong with that. I mean, or anything. Yeah, incest is the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we do cover a lot of, not a lot, I would say some people with incest in their family. Well, especially when you start talking about the Habsburg monarchies, it's just like a proud family tradition is that they're all their dicks are intertwined. Um, until they're so retarded they can't even... A little bit of dick twisting, no big deal. That family tree is a pole. Um... <laughs> uh, so we, uh, this has been kind of a European tradition, uh, fighting the Turks since about the 16th century. Um, so the Turks declared war on Russia in 1787 due to, quote, numerous Russian provocations, end quote. They're, they never actually say what those provocations were. I'm assuming they were existing. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Austrian Emperor Joseph II, uh, solid first name. I have to say, uh, <laughs> not biased at all. No, no um, none at all. Signed an alliance with Catherine the Great of Russia in 1781, therefore is mostly forced to join the war before they are ready to sh ensure, quote, so as not to annoy the empress, end quote. Uh, not a good way to start your international relations with your neighbor. Right. Uh, mostly, I mean, the, the Austrians weren't exactly at the peak of their power, and neither were the Turkish at this point, they're kind of at the, the waning portion here, and that would continue until post-World War One. Right. Um, so they kind of found themselves in servitude of Tsarina Russia. Um, so this couldn't have happened. Still dicks intertwined? Not the Russians at this time. Like, this isn't uh, when, like, Tsar Nicholas II was really a dick. Kaiser oh, Wilhelm II, oh, and they had, like, cutesy nicknames for one another. We're not quite there yet. We're... About Just before, yeah, okay, we're cool. we're about like All right, I have an a, idea of a generation excited. removed. Okay, um, cool. So this couldn't come at a worse time for the Austrians. Um, so the Belgian Revolution was going on just next door, um, and uh, he was staring down the rise of a dominant Prussia, uh, which we'll go into. You know that the Prussians turn into the German unification, yes. and then the Franco-Prussian War, that. which we talked about very briefly during yes. the Second Mexican Empire episode. It goes. Bigger than you think. So, um, this isn't a strong time for Austria in uh, domestic policy or geopolitical policy, uh, but they found themselves roped into a war anyway. Um, but I want to add, I'm glad you're covering the Austrian thing, because uh, when I was covering Hague, I kept saying, saying Australian over Austria, just because of how used to I saying Australia. Uh, Australia is known as being a world power. I could see I get those two confused. But it's also probably <laughs> because the alcohol and uh, Australians. Don't, don't blame the old crow for this. The old crow has never done anything. We didn't wrong. have old crow at this time. What, so. were, what were we drinking? We were drinking uh, wine. Oh, it was wine. Drinks, yes. There was a lot of wine. So, 
so the Austrians entered the war in February of 1788 and promptly lost any hope of a quick victory. Uh, so logistic problems were a huge worry for the Austrian army, and they couldn't really do anything other than just sit there. Uh, disease swept through the camps, and the soldiers staying in them um, had to deal with a human wave of Serbian refugees uh, that complicated the Austrian supply problems. And this wave of disease, we've talked about it slightly here and there, that's pretty common for yeah. 1700s warfare. Even late 1800s warfare, more people died from uh, disease during the American yeah. Civil War than they did getting shot by yeah. each other. Uh, but it was it was so noteworthy in this campaign that it was like, contributed to being one of the reasons why they lost so badly. Um, so with that background being laid, we'll uh, move into our main story. On September 21st, or the 22nd, I was really sure who uh, or where, uh, 1788, about a 100,000 man Austrian army was encamped around the town of Krensebis, which is in modern-day Romania. Scouts were sent off ahead to make sure no Turks were trying to like push at their flanks or send any missions around the rear or anything like that. Um, a detachment of hussars, uh, which are also known as you know light cavalry, right. um, crossed the Timis River in their search for Turks or really anything they can get their hands on. Yeah. I, I really like to use them in Total War. All that fun stuff. And this is the age where armies lived off the land. Um, so they would, sure, they were going out to look for enemy, but also, um, you know, units of the army would be designated to look for food, yeah, like, look for water. I'm not um, going to say probably scavengers. But, I, I, uh, I believe the word is provisioners. Oh. Uh, it would be the fancy term. Right. Um, but, you know, they, they lived off the land. They lived off the country they were fighting in. Um, so that is another shade of where they found themselves. Um, so, I'm not going to say hunter-gatherer system, but they had, like, a gathering type of system going on for their yeah, armies. Yeah, they weren't really hunting as okay. much as they were stealing. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it, but it wasn't stealing because of the army. Exactly. Um, it's all for the good. Yeah. Um, so the Hussars didn't find any Turks. Uh, instead, what they found was what historical sources call gypsies, uh, which we now know as a slur. So we will call them travelers uh, with wares and food and, most importantly, booze to sell. Um, this might be the 1700s, but soldiers are soldiers, and, of course, they bought every last drop of those travelers had of booze. Um, and they began to drink heavily, because uh, that's just what soldiers do. That's great. Um, I'm glad that still lives on. Yeah. Uh, eventually, a group of infantry soldiers heard the ruckus of a whole bunch of drunken hussars get lit up on the hill and decided to see what all the commotion was about. When they got to the hussars, they wanted to join on the party, uh, as apparently the Austrian armies had no booze of their own, and uh, the hussars just said, fuck you, no, this is ours. <laughs> Uh, they didn't exactly feel the uh, team's spirit. Uh, the infantry didn't take this rejection all that well. They don't really take rejection well at all. Yeah, that's like a current day thing. Yeah, too. no, even to this day. Like, what? How dare you? Do you see the color of my corn? You turned down my dick like that? Yeah. Uh, so the SARS outnumbered 
and outgunned, uh, retreated uh, behind the barrels of the booze that they bought. And I don't know how much money Hisar's made back then. But barrels? Barrels. Barrels of booze. Uh, enough Ooh, I'd buy that. A set, uh, it, it was enough barrels to make a defense. It's probably because the industry would like, don't fucking shoot the barrels, dude! Yeah, that's a solid that's choice. Solid, yeah. Like, um, oh, good cover. Yeah, we can't shoot. Uh, yeah, uh, I I consider that a solid tactical choice. In the oh, game. yeah, I can see that now. No so, no soldier worth his soul is going to fire on a barrel of booze. Um, uh, unless they're a Quaker or yeah. something. I don't know. They're just opposed to it. Yeah. Some type of alcohol. So there's there's no real sources for this event. Uh, there's no for, a verified first-hand sources. Um, who categorized who fired first? But someone shot at someone, at least according to the story. And uh, the Hussars jumped on their horses and fucked right off back to the camp. Um, so, what could be worse than shooting at your comrades over some cheap roadside booze? Military special, some may say. Yeah, that is, that is the modern day equivalent. <laughs> um, so, someone, no one sure who, also no one sure if it actually happened, uh, began screaming, Turks, Turks, as the Hussars approached the camp. Which sent the entire army of 100,000 men into a panic and shooting in every direction. <laughs> so, I mean, 100,000 people, that is not an army. That's an army group, yeah. um, which is a large formation of bodies. And this is before, you know, modern technology, modern communications. No one's communicating with anybody. Yeah. Um, so the Hussars who had started the whole thing immediately just got fucking shot to pieces. Um, as they galloped towards the camp. Uh, and every, everyone, you know, and I will say reasonably may have suggested that this is a Turkish cavalry charge. And that's about where, like, the objectionable reasonableness of this entire story kind of starts well, to wear off. What do you think? Because I'm at a loss because I know nothing about this. Yeah. But I don't think it was a probably, it could, I don't think it was a cavalry charge, just off of what you're saying. Well, it wasn't a real cavalry yeah, charge. Exactly. It was the Hussars. Yeah. Um... And, you know, there's something to be said for the confusion that will brew up and start. And But, you know, this is uh, almost an 1800-era uh, army where they have some pretty severe discipline in place. I mean, like, the same armies that we hear about, the uh, the Prussians being, like, yeah. ironclad in their disciplines, the same era. Uh, but there's more to it. Um Finally, some officers rushed out to try to restore some kind of order um, and started screaming for soldiers to halt, halt, you know, stop shooting, stop moving. Um, but the Austrian army at this time was made up of Austrians, Serbs, Croats, Italians, and various other national minorities with no common language yeah. spoken between Fuck. them. Um, to some of them, some of them, I don't know who, uh, this order of halt in German sounded like a Turk screaming, Allah. Keep going! So, the terrified and drunken soldiers just kept on killing one another. Uh, the soldiers, uh, able to handle little more than their enemies, uh, broke and ran. They ran. This is the story. They ran from their own firing. They ran. They routed themselves. Dude, this sounds like my fucking Total War game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck, my unit got routed. Yeah, they routed themselves. Emperor Joseph, who had found themselves in the middle of all of this, uh, 
having been commanding his armies from the front, which he was marginally acceptable at, um, through most of the war, was actually pushed off his horse and fell in a creek. So you can imagine being the asshole who Holy like shit. routed a battle against yourself and like shoulder check the emperor into some shallow puddle. Um, so to make the hilarious insult an even bigger injury, uh, two days later the Turkish army showed up, surveying the battlefield of the dead and wounded, and simply walked into Konsepi's in a post. Um, reports of the Austrian army's losses vary wildly, and that's something else we'll get into. Um, from either 500 dead and wounded to almost 10,000 dead and wounded. That's a fucking lot compared to 500. Yeah, that's not exactly... Holy shit. That's not exactly like a slight jump in reality. Yeah. Uh, so Joseph II limped away, being only uh, the only commander that we can think of whose army got run by itself, right? Well, maybe not. Um, there's a good chance this battle never actually happened. Um, there's actually a, a much better chance this battle never actually happened. Yeah, I couldn't find shit on it. That's why I'm not even... Well, there's nothing that's considered a first-hand source, which yeah. is what we, you know, we generally consider really scholarly sources. That's what you really go off of. Yeah. Um, so this, even though this is late 1700s, the Austrian army, and most especially Joseph II, was normally very good at keeping records. Uh, so much so that letters he was sending back and forth to his staff back in Austria detailed small things like weather, every little skirmish they found along the way, the logistical problems, and every bullet fired. This dude didn't leave a detail uh, unturned. Like, he recorded everything. I don't know if that's a good sign of a good commander or a bad commander. I'm going to say that's uh, the sign of a commander who doesn't necessarily know his priorities. Um, but still, there's a good chance if the emperor totally lost control of his army and is thrown into a fucking puddle... He would have made a note about it. Yeah. No, yeah. Especially if he found himself in the middle of this fucking chaos. I um, was fucking bitch-checked into this puddle. Yeah, but he did note something. He did note something happening. And uh, this is from his diaries. It says, quote, Everything was proceeding in the greatest order, and we have arrived in the Kransebis without the enemy's knowledge. All of a sudden, a group of Wallachians became alarmed and fired their rifles, which threw a unit of hussars and dragoons into confusion. They answered this fire before finally attacking the infantry. The column in which I found myself was completely dispersed. Cannons, wagons, and all the tents were turned over. It was horrible. Soldiers shooting at each other. Eventually, column was restored. And we, were and we were lucky that the Turks were not on our trail, otherwise the whole army would have been destroyed. Nevertheless, we lost not only the pots and tents, with considerable damage done to other baggage, but also three pieces of artillery. End quote. How unlikely would it have been for hundreds of thousands of soldiers being killed in a drunken clusterfuck, and Joseph not even mentioning them, even though he took time to talk about cooking pots. Does he say clusterfuck? No, I said clusterfuck. Oh, okay. He does mention so, a, a rear guard action between his forces and the Turks, which left about 150 men dead and wounded. Not the same day, not the same circumstances, but he does talk about it. Um, not to mention, there is no mention of this battle to be found anywhere until 40 years after the battle supposedly took place in a publication known as the Australian Military Magazine. Who wrote the publication? 
I would assume the Australian military. Right. Or the Austrian. Okay. Fuck, I pulled yours. <laughs> the Austrian military yeah! magazine. <laughs> Get fucked! It is also referenced in, and this is actually the title of the book, listen closely, the history of the 18th century through the 19th till the overthrow of the French Empire, comma, with particular reference to the mental cultivation and progress by F.C. Schlosser in 1843. This is almost a hundred years after the battle supposedly took place. Fucking sloshing around fucking history fucking books. Another source, considered one of the best sources on the battle, and I won't even try to say this, because it's a long string of German compound words that my, that my dumb American tongue can't even hope to pronounce. It was written 60 years after the battle. At that point, we can guess some of the myths and legends surrounding Joseph's drunken army began to leak into what was considered the truth that they reported. So, could this battle have happened? Right. No. No goddamn way. 100,000 people panic murdered each other I in the middle so. of the night, and at a single first-hand source, prop their head up to talk about it. For starters, Joseph would have said something about it taking place. Secondly, Holt in German... If you were to guess off the top of your head, what is Holt in German? I have no fucking clue. It's fucking Holt. Holy shit, that's easy. Holt is German for stop. Of course. Um, Does so, that make sense now? Yeah. Yeah. And none of those languages that even remotely sound like Allah. Even in their language, it doesn't. Third, there's no physical evidence this ever took place. Um, I hope it did. When an army the size of 100,000 people camps out somewhere and then starts killing each other, you would expect bones or weapons or signs of encampment. None of this exists in Crinsepi's. There's no single fucking piece of evidence. Where did the military special go? Uh, I would assume... Did it survive? I, it may have died with the hussars that supposedly <laughs> drank it. Uh, so how did this myth become so popular that every amateur historian on the internet talks about it. And you can Google it. It pops up everywhere, from Reddit to, like, Quora to Yahoo Answers to all these places, um, mostly because it's one of those historical fun facts that's kind of funny. And the Turks talk about it all the time because it makes them sound good. Yeah. Um, it's a form of propaganda because the two sides have been each other's necks for so long. The Turks have been trying to get into Western Europe since the Crusades. Uh, so the idea that they may have possibly but not really slaughtered themselves on a night of drunk, drunken stupor when they were supposed to be fighting was effectively an Islamic caliphate right. um, shows them to be a bunch of chuckle dicks, effectively. Um, so people could technically be falling for 100 years of Turkish propaganda. Um, it's not hard to believe, though. But there's no physical evidence. There's no scholarly evidence. The first-hand accounts are bullshit at best. Um, are so, there first-hand accounts? No. The, the first, there's none. <laughs> the first-hand accounts that technically exist are, are so far after the battle that they're older than I am from the battle. Uh, that doesn't exist. I, I mean, mean e even in those old times, like... There's first-hand experiences at the Battle of Waterloo. There's first-hand experiences yeah. during the French Revolution. There's first-hand experiences at the American Revolution. There's first-hand experiences from the Crusades. The simple fact that this there's no first-hand experience of some fucking private 
whoever dwarf Fucking from the Blow. yeah, who never talked about the time that he got shut out by a whole bunch of drunken dragoons. It didn't exist. Dragoons are so good in Total War. Yeah, I use them all the time. Which one? I usually uh, was either on the French. Was it Napoleon Total War or no, Empire not Napoleon Total War? Empire. I played Napoleon very late. God, Empire Total War could have been so much better. Oh man! But I mean, but Napoleon was not as good. But I still liked it just for the graphics. The graphics are so great. How dare you? Have you ever played it? I haven't actually. Play it and then fucking zoom in on each soldier. It's fucking. Well, insane. I played a Shogun Two. Shogun Two. Shogun's fucking wait, wait, great. Which is but the I best. Love Empire. It's the best gunpowder entry of them all. Is Shogun Two? For Did sure. Did you play the campaign for Empire? Yeah. Oh, that's great. I loved it. I mean, like, so if you were to point, like, there's physical evidence of every battle that has taken place since pretty much the advent right. of gunpowder. Right. Zero here. So my final unfortunate, you know, and, and I was in the cav. I was I was a cavalry soldier for almost a decade. Yeah, I played with the cav. Um, if this is absolutely something I could see them doing. Uh, because cavalry is cavalry, just like soldiers are soldiers. Yeah. If you watch shitty fail videos of Russian soldiers on the internet, they look just like ours. And okay, I, it's captastic. Yeah, and I assume it's the same from throughout history. Um, and there's no shortage of drunken shenanigans from soldiers no, from the 1700s till now. Yeah. But my final opinion here is this is bullshit. No, never I happened. agree with you. Um, Even though I did no research on this, and I remember you talking about this months ago. Nah, still believe it because every Joe Blow would talk about this bullshit. It's one of those popular internet stories that makes its rounds that just simply never happened. Um, there's others like it, uh, not necessarily from military history because it's such a niche that you know it, it's a lot like the um, if you Google it, uh, you know Catherine the Great of Russia died because she fucked a horse. Right, didn't happen. That'd That's, be sweet if it did. It would be weird. Uh, it's one of those things that people spread around to discredit their foes. Which is sweet. Uh, I don't know how you could ever say someone fucked a horse and actually get, like, generations of people to believe it. Like, could you imagine, like, if, if, like, Hamilton and, uh, like, Madison, who fucking hated each other, like, you know, he's such a bitch, he fucked a horse. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah checks yeah, out. Yeah. Checks out. And, like, Generations later, I'm sitting in fucking high school in 2003. And yeah, and your, your high school teacher's like, Hamilton fucking loved it! Yeah. He's like, yeah, give me them horse balls. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much what boils down to, except I don't. I was never ta taught about the Battle of Concebis in school because no, I, was, I wasn't. Yeah. I was never really taught much about any European history yeah. in school. But, you know. You, I do remember fondly learning about D Day, and that's about fucking it. Yeah, because Americans were the triumphant heroes. Exactly. But, you know, this is. Maybe that can be a thing that we do here is we disentangle historical myths from historical fact. I don't know. Ooh. But, like, you see accounts of Cransebis. Right. And I love Reddit. Don't get me wrong. Reddit's no, a I website. love Reddit. Reddit's great. Uh, other than, like, all the white supremacist and Donald Trump shit. Oh, um, that's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it is, you know, like, Ask Historians is a really good page. It, love it. It requires you to actually be a historian. Yeah. Uh, and they verify you. But this still pops up in there. Not that the historians verify it. But I've never seen it pop up in there. But People I ask about it all the time. I do believe it. Because I never see it pop up in there. But I do believe it. Because that shit has so many fucking questions 
and I love reading all the questions throughout yeah. my week. Like, I'll go through it eh, probably every twice a week, and I just go through it, and just a shit ton of questions go through, and I love just reading the comments of the answers. Yeah. And it's just great to read while I'm at work. And it requires people to cite like you're writing a college paper. Everybody remember. Like a fake In Turabian. Yeah. <laughs> a fake shit a day keeps the work away. <laughs> and that's how I get through with my Reddit in work. So, with that, our next story brings us to not only the to United States. Fucking LA! It brings us to <laughs> Los Angeles, the city of angels. We go all the way back to February 24th. 1942. Fuck yeah! Let's do it! A cold not... Does it really get cold in LA? Not really, no. It barely gets cold. So <laughs> hypothetically, no. cold night! No, hypothetically, because people from LA think it's cold, but then when you go somewhere else, you're like, LA's pretty fucking good right now. That's because you're garbage people. So tell us about your topic today. Alright, so this is on the uh, Great LA Air Raid. Which the happened. Battle of LA! But it's not. <laughs> it's not actually a battle. <laughs> It's basically the Great L.A. Air Raid, which has happened in 1942 in February, and it's technically started on the 25th when the naval, fuck it, when the Navy basically said, hey, Well, the we 24th is when they started noting some oh, sideways right. shit 24th, on the radar. basically, they said, hey, look, there's some fucking uh, shit on the radar. We got stuff going on 120 miles out. And this they is... They basically warned the Coast Guard, hey, hey, something's coming our way. This is 1942 radar right. technology. How accurate was that? Not at all. It was like you're, uh, it, you're playing, like, fucking Pong, but <laughs> several layers above that. I'm pretty sure Pong is way more accurate, because, uh... Well, Pong's, like, 40 years older than that. I don't even know... Or yeah, newer Pong only involved a fucking two bars and a fucking dot. I think the screen. radar may have been as well, like... Bing. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I won Bing. a lot more than their radar. Bing. Oh, fuck, the ball hit a fourth time. The Jets are coming. <laughs> but, uh, so, all this happened, and the Great Air, air Raid technically began about 2.25, 3 o'clock a.m., and they started throwing lights up into the air. But, the Army and the Coastal. But why would they believe that this, so, like, so why, why would they believe in some Californian Pearl Harbor taking place on L.A.? Pearl Harbor happened a few months before this. Right. Like so, so we got the, the largest big, ambush in American history exactly, took place a just huge a couple months sneak ago. Attack happened, and we they attacked the naval and the army facilities up in Hawaii. They killed what four thousand, three thousand people around that time. Yeah, roughly. And uh, just a few days before this, they went up to Santa Barbara and they bombed, They basically shelled a oil. The Japanese Navy. Yeah, the Japanese Navy had a submarine shell the oil fucking industry up in Santa Barbara. So. As you know, the Army, the Coastal Guards, all at that time were on high tension. Fucking trigger happy as fuck. I mean, well, they just saw with, with, with the worst like, case right. scenario in, exactly. in Pearl Harbor. And honestly, I don't blame them for it. I, I, I have a hard time. I imagine I'd be pretty tightly wound. I mean, these aren't the oh, dudes yeah. that just fought in Hawaii. Exactly. These are some fucking but, Coast Guards dude from But they know California. exactly what will happen if, oh, fuck, we're not on our toes. Right. Shit will get fucked up. Yeah, Pearl Harbor is caught sleeping, and they don't... I can I can only imagine the kind of op tempo the oh, sorry the operation tempo uh, of of what these dudes were forced to do on their watches exactly because no commander wants to be the other guy that was caught sleeping right so suddenly the night was torn by sirens and searchlights and swept the sky gun crews at the at their posts and coastlines but ready you, to go you forgot about the air wardens 
Those motherfuckers, go ahead and go into it. (laughs) So, there was these things, uh, these people at the time, they were called airworms. And this is all up the Pacific Northwest from Washington to Oregon through California. And probably for a lesser extent down the East Coast as well. They, their whole job was to try to uh, usher and guide people towards air aid sirens. They're right. kind of like a crossing guard for future civilian casualties. You know, they wore, they put a fancy hat on, maybe a reflective belt, and just try to usher people into these buildings considered safe. Right. And they were told that same night, and they need to, like, stop what they're doing, because the, the, they air, were air warn caught is, off guard. Yeah, air warn isn't considered a fucking full-time job. No, they were caught off guard. Yeah. They, they were told to run out there and start gathering people up. So, at this time, all this shit's going on. And I, it's, I feel like we need to shame the Coast Guard unit that did this. It is the 37th Coast Guard Artillery Brigade. They probably I mean, don't exist anymore. They but, don't. They really don't. Coast Guard doesn't have artillery Even brigades fucking anymore. Army Coastal Artillery is hard to find. They don't They really don't exist. exist. They don't exist at all. Exactly. So... Around this time, all this shit was going on, what they believed was that there was a huge formation coming out. Even coastal artillerymen and coast guard and uh, army personnel said they saw formations of planes flying over the sky. Nobody gave a single order to fire. Nobody. Uh, Not a single bit. We did a lot of research in this. uh, And we don't see anything. We we looked at first-hand accounts. We looked at the the official... the Inspector General report on the Battle of L.A. or the L.A. Air Raid. Nobody, to include a unit, can be pinpointed for giving the order to open fire. And this is pretty important when it comes to anti-aircraft yeah. artillery. Um, I know a lot... In a of, fucking city. In a, a huge city. How yes. big is L.A.? Fucking giant. Like, more than 100 square miles. I would say that. Yes, because um, it's huge. And even back then, I mean, this is... Quite a while. I mean, LA's always been massive. Right, always. Um, so, in order to uh, um, underline the importance of the control of the anti-air artillery, we need to underline what exactly anti-air artillery was at the time. Um, of course, there was the M2 Madus 50 caliber machine gun, which... Everybody knows that. Which opened the salvo, but then there's also the 1917 water-cooled machine gun from World War One. Yes, they even threw that into, into the air, fucking... And like, then... It's Coast Guard units and fucking, like, your Army National Guard, basically, up on the coast. Right. It's not your full-time army. Yeah. You're getting, basically, your 1917s, your M2s, which basically everybody has at the time. And then the M2s, even though modern... I don't know if you want to call them modern-day military historians or just modern-day military aficionados, quote-unquote, will think of as M2s as the things that are on top of tanks, they're on top of Bradleys, they're on top of Strikers, they're on top of Humvees. But, you know, they originally invented as anti-aircraft right. machine gun. And you know what? The cool thing about that is that uh, they were seeing... They're really fun to shoot. They are. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun thing. Just not the headspace. And the... No, that doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't? No. What the fuck? I'm not anymore. Somebody explain to me that headspace and timing doesn't exist. Um, but I may have been in shitty units then. Yeah, you probably were. Because um, even when I was in back at Fort Hood. Oh, yeah. I, I, when I was at Fort Hood, we did headspace. Yeah, time. we did headspace I deployed twice at a Fort Hood. Um, but in one of the more... Uh, one of the larger and more devastating 
pieces of anti-aircraft artillery was, you'll be shocked to find out an actual piece of artillery. It was yeah. a 12.8-pound cannon. Um, and these things are what a lot of people think of as uh, when they think of anti-aircraft artillery when they're you know diving towards the ships as kamikazes and you see those giant brown plumes yeah, in the air. Yeah, you see that nice pluff of cloud, which you think is not harmful, but... Oh, it shreds them. It fucking shreds you. It has that shrapnel and the explosives. But if you watch, like, Memphis Bell. Memphis Bell is a great example if you watch, like, old uh, kamikaze right. footage from Okinawa. That's a great example. Same with the, uh, the opening scenes of Band of Brothers. They get shredded by right, a... Yeah. By a yeah. But... This is a few years removed from that. Those are what is known as proximity fuses. Um, proximity fuses, you can tell from the name, send out a radio signal um, that tells when a aircraft is nearby, and it tells the shell that needs to explode. Hence why you see all those clouds in the air. This is before those existed. So this is all a guessing game around this time. Yeah, this is... So at best. Pretty much, at best, so there's a thing called timed rounds, which required for, what was it, the the radio station to tell how far out right. the, the plane or the perceived plane yes. to be, radio back how far out they were, and it was up to the gun crews at that point to guess how far it would take them from, to get from point A to point B, and then they would time their shells with a specified tool to then put in the cannons to fire. Right. And you can imagine the time delay between those two. And actually, we have a pretty good guess of that because um, uh, initial um, Inspector General reports stated that you had to fire 13,000 rounds to damage one aircraft. Right. Yeah. So, and along with the time fuses, there's also impact fuses, which you yeah. can tell by the name are quite a direct hit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Imagine some some rounds that didn't hit. And, yeah, a good example of this. So, when you zero a weapon or an optic in the military, uh, what uh, did you ever have an, have an optic? Yeah. Like a, like a red dot or an ATOG? Yeah, and... So when you zero those things, you zero from a couple meters out, a couple dozen meters yeah, out. Yeah, 25 meters. Yeah. Um, that's the, the qualification rate. When you zero, it's 25 meters. Right. Um, and if you are three inches to the right at 25 meters... You're off by a lot compared to your... What is the... Right. 300 meters is the furthest uh, qualification rate. 500. 500? Yeah. Imagine that at 25 meters and then going to 500 Right. You're off by fucking feet. You're, you're off by a lot. You're shooting in a different grid square. And right. Like, you can imagine what it's like to try to aim these cannons a minute after the yeah. radar picks them up. And this isn't like, um, I don't know, a random European battlefield. This is fucking Los Angeles in 1942 that has not seen combat. No. Um, so you can imagine the kind of Issues that come with round control and fire control, and you know, so there was no issues because who cared at the time? And <laughs> also, said, fuck it, we're all all these rounds are coming Asia. back down. Exactly. So the night was torn by sirens. Searchlights went up into the skies, and the gun crews were ready. Around a thousand four hundred thirty-three rounds were fired up into the skies. 
can you imagine how much actually hit their target, if there was a target, and then landed back into your own city <laughs> you were fucking living in? That shit sucked. There was... But although... There's no, numerous reports of people's pretty much everything getting fucked up by uh, descending shrapnel rounds and everything yeah. else. So some people said that there were like bombs dropping and onto the city and there was a baptism of fire, but I'm pretty sure that was their own bombs coming That's from That's exactly their... what they were. Exactly. Exactly. They, they, were, they were seeing those timed rounds and those impact rounds collapsing back into Earth. Exactly. They saw their own baptism of fire in their own city. So the artillerymen and the Coastal Guard... Coastal Guardsmen, I guess I could say? Coast Guard. Coast Guardsmen? Coast Guards were a thing. Coast Guardsmen? I'm trying to figure out how the fuck you say Coast Guardsmen, but I just found out how. So <laughs> Seamen? I, I believe they're still seamen. <laughs> And uh, they basically said they saw dr bombs dropping and paratroop enemy paratroopers falling from the sky. We believe... Well, I believe that's from the fog of war and trigger-happy fucking <laughs> servicemen. Uh, yeah, and I am forced to agree because I... Um, so, my, my pet theory, to kind of exonerate the Coast Guardsmen at the time, is that uh, you can imagine being a commander on the, you know, the Californian coast... A few months removed from Pearl Harbor. These dudes are doing hella rotations. Um, 12, 16, 18 hours. Not sleeping a whole lot. Right. And I had a personal story of mine. Where I had been awake for probably 48 hours. 72 hours. Something like that. Right. And uh, I was in Kandahar. So not necessarily California. But I swore to God. I saw Taliban stalking through the bush towards my position. Dudes with AKs, the Loretti. I saw their fucking facial features. I saw everything. And I swear to God, they are coming for us. And I told the dude that was sitting next to me, like, holy fuck, they're coming. And then before we can make a really dumb mistake and open fire, because we're both super sleep deprived, somebody else did. And, uh... Which brings me to this phenomenon known as contagious firing. And this may displease a lot of people. It's still a thing. It's totally, it's a, thing. totally a thing. So contagious firing will find its way through military formations. I have been in multiple firefights where I had no idea what I was shooting at. I knew rounds were coming at me from somewhere. Or maybe. But I was shooting anyway. Uh, cops do this a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a situation in, I believe it was New York City, where somebody opened fire, four other dudes opened fire, and before they they mag changed three or four times, and they dumped about 80 rounds into one guy who didn't have a weapon. Um, what it comes down to is you'd rather be right than wrong, and when someone's pulling the trigger, you have the absolute belief they know what they're doing right um but like you have that confidence in your yeah. uh, own personnel that are on your same team like right yeah why wouldn't you yeah. i mean they're uh, your people you live and you work with them every yeah. day why, why would not? they do everything wrong um uh, but like we said nobody ever gave the order to fire exactly um so worst case scenario um i don't know if anybody's ever seen a light shine at clouds before but it makes some weird shapes uh, and then somebody opened fire at them. So, yeah. No order was to have anybody fired. Not that we know of. 
Not that we know of. No uh, order that's research. ever been published. Exactly. So, although we do not know about it, we don't think it happened. Like, somebody just fired, and then, of course, shit just started going downhill. People started firing up into the sky at what they saw was either a formation or what some people say is a blimp. Some what? Some kind of weather balloon. Or! <laughs> or! You know, this is the Go true ahead. story. This is the fucking true story here. Go ahead. This is the true story that the big government, the NSA <laughs> doesn't want you to know, and that is it's fucking aliens. That shit is aliens. Terrestrial, goddammit. There's <laughs> numerous first-hand accounts that there is unidentified flying objects over the city of L.A. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's go into the fucking... And then you know, it, it is proof positive that aliens exist. Several eyewitnesses claim they saw something... Hold on, motherfucker! There's, there's something up there! While shit was firing into the L.A. sky, five people were uh, casualties to this... They were not killed! Bomb. They, <laughs> they were dead by heart attacks and other... Kind of automobile accidents. Yeah. So, so three residents were killed by automobile accidents. Two died from heart attacks just from probably the thought of being attacked. You know what makes more sense than that? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Alien heart attack rays. <laughs> I mean, why else would the government hide it? Because Nazi aliens come down. I mean, people say they saw giant butterflies and flying triangles. They certainly couldn't be lying. They couldn't be. Why would they? What do they have to gain? So several people were injured. <laughs> One, a radio announcer ran into an awning and suffered a gash over an eye. Which is... Hold on, this is even better. A police officer, LAPD, kicked in a window of a lighted Hollywood store and cut <laughs> his right leg. But which, why? Which all we could come up with, it, he was like, It's action, boys! And just kicked in the next thing he saw and got a And this is before, like, modern radio technology. So, like, you have to assume they didn't get, like, some message from dispatch, like, The Japs are invading. Time to start kicking in doors. No, all he heard so, was like, fucking... All he saw was fucking lights going through the eye, like, fingers and saw... LAPD... Yeah, LAPD officer fucking O'Brien was like... The Japs are coming! Time to kick in the windows, boys! It's action, boys. Or it's the LAPD. They could have just saw a black dude inside that hasn't yet <laughs> had his ass whooped. <laughs> He's closing the store. He's stealing! Bow, bow, bow. Yeah, so... The toll among the air raid wardens was especially high. Fucking aliens! <laughs> but they were said to have valor throughout the night. Valor from what? <laughs> valor from what? The Japanese attack! There was no Japanese attack! We don't know that! We actually we do. We do, but not at this time. The Japanese before that. The fucking Japanese said in 1945, we never once flew planes over LA. This is before that. <laughs> so fucking <laughs> calm your horses. You know what? You know who won't calm their horses? The extraterrestrial forces <laughs> who wanted to become our friends to fight national socialism. But yeah, instead, they firing on instead we had to lose. 1,400 rounds of 12.8mm cannon rounds. Yeah, all they wanted to do was anally probe us and whatnot. <laughs> just in peace. Just the finger, man. You know, and you know the other theory that makes no fucking sense in the situation is that it was a, uh, a because it's America. You know where this is going. You know where this is going. Fire up your fucking Infowars.com because it's a false flag, ladies and gentlemen. You read that, Nick? It's a fucking false flag. All right? So these, 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 these government jets... And mind you, this is 
40 years removed from the right. first operational jet fighter. But these government jets were flying in to test our air penetrative radar possibilities. And uh, the Coast Guard fired off 1,400 rounds of ammunition in the general vicinity. And these were live rounds. And these, we point out, these were... Oh, they were very well undisputedly live rounds. Because Ellie got fucked up by them. But, but these jets that never saw combat and never had any sort of registered test flight were impervious to these rounds. And that is the uh, the facts, because you don't, you don't believe, sir. You just don't believe. So, you other than the minor believe. injuries, one fell <laughs> from a wall while... Don't you ignore me! ...looking into a lighted apartment and broke a leg. Wait, uh, he jumped from a wall? Yes, looking into a lighted apartment. He broke his leg. So the... I don't know apart- if he was fucking creeping, and then the shit started, he was like... Wait, oh, no. Wait, wait, was some LAPD jump? guy just jerking off in somebody's tree? Like, oh, fuck, their no, life's No, I feel like it was some dude with a cape, and he fucking swooshes it over. He's like, my job here is done. And he fucking jumps from his, his It was wall. the tuxedo mask of LAPD rapists. <laughs> and he falls and breaks his leg. But and why? Why Why would he ever think an apartment with a light on is suspicious? This is, I mean, I understand well, that. Well, no, we get into the suspicion, so hold on. <laughs> it gets great. What, was so, there a whole bunch of Japs living there? Hold your horses. I don't have <laughs> horses, sir. I only have aliens. Hold your dogs. I need of those. Another jump from a three-foot fence and reach a lighted house. Not an apartment. And sprained an ankle. Another fell down his own front wait, stairs and broken an arm. Wait, why was he on top of the fence? Was he perched up there like some kind of shitty bird of prey? Like Batman. Who knows, dude? We don't know. We were Batman there. back then didn't even have more fucking sense than this. We can't ask Adam West. He's, he's really close to that Batman. Well, he's dead. So. Yeah, so How dare you, sir? Possibly. How dare you? Maybe ask the dead. Who knows? I have to fire up a tactical Ouija board. So, there was structural damage that scattered across the city. It sounds like the fucking first responders just want to get in a kung fu fight with buildings. I just really <laughs> like the fact that one of them probably said, It's action. It's go time, boys. And fucking... My time to shine! The fucking window. Like... It, there, up his own life. Yeah, there's no evidence to the contrary. It reminds me of the fucking episode of The Office where Andy gets really pissed off and punches his hand yeah. through the wall and just screams in pain because he's like, oh shit, this, this is fucking sheetrock. <laughs> so there was structural damage across the city and it failed to explode in the air and they struck the ground, demolishing a garage here and there, <laughs> a patio... And blowing out a tire in a parked automobile. Unfortunately uh, for them, none of their insurance policies covered fucking yeah. extraterrestrial attack. So the city or had false flags, Nick. So the city had met its first taste of war with valor. <laughs> what valor? I want to know what valor awards were, because you know they were. You know they were issued out. I just want to no, know. I know they... for a fact they were. But who knows? Because for what? I haven't seen anything. So. The Secretary of War tried to save it by saying that there were no enemy aircraft in the air at the time, but it was believed that 15 commercial planes flown by the enemy agents had crossed the city. 15? (laughs) 15! This is 15 commercial aircraft in 1942! That's what, like 40 people per aircraft? So, I don't know, you and From what he says, it is better to alert then, not to alert enough. Oh, please. <laughs> this is like the 1940s version of the fucking shitty color-coded warning system from 9-11. So, you you reenacted as of course as a fucking paratrooper in World War II. 
Uh, okay. I reenacted the 1944 invasion of Normandy. Whatever. How many of you fuckers fit on a plane? How many? Yeah. On what plane? C7. A C7? How about a C47? Whatever. Yeah, about <laughs> a C47. About 20. 20. So, this is before, pre the age of civilian air travel. For the large-scale civilian air travel. Right. So, best case scenario, they're carrying 20 people. Best case. Yes. So, 15 of these, which, quick, do some math. Can't do that. You know what? I can't. school system. Uh, so... Uh, a good ex- a, a good comparison to this would be the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan in the 80s. Okay. 70s and 80s, which was... Uh, cool, finger guns. Yep. Several civilian aircrafts carrying paratroopers, but these were, you know, Douglas DC-9s that carry 100 or so people, and there were several of them. But let, let, let's just spitball here. Let's throw caution to the wind and say... 400 Japanese dudes were going to invade California from the sky. <laughs> Is that really something we have to worry about? The cool, th- the funny thing about this, so... <laughs> for So, uh, the Japanese, all that cool shit, they had great formations. They had better aerial formations than our, our uh, own uh, U.S. Uh, formations at the time. They were more advanced. They saw combat in China. Sorry, so, that would be 300 soldiers. <laughs> he just to, did the math right now. To pacify the entire state of California. <laughs> I like their odds. I like their odds. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, with the uh, entire standing military that we have there at the coast, that 300 dudes has an option there. Fucking ridiculous. So, reports poured in across the city describing Japanese aircraft flying in formation. Bombs falling, enemy paratroopers coming from the sky, coming to take them. Uh, and how much evidence of this happening? Nothing. That's right, because it didn't happen. It didn't, exactly. it didn't fucking happen! So, and we already have a theory on why it didn't, but we'll get into that later. There was even a claim that the Japanese plane crashed landing in the streets of Hollywood at the time. Mm-hmm. Which is fucking absurd. Because there's... No. It's a whole fucking street in Hollywood. Yeah, there's yeah. a shit ton of people there. People would remember this. This yes. this reminds me a little bit of the uh, the Orson Welles broadcast of War of the Worlds. Or you know what, Orson Welles, I love him. Where everybody like the 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 dominating narrative is that like people actually thought aliens were invaded when they absolutely didn't. Exactly. So I love Orson Welles, by the way. Well, not many people don't. He's I know some people. Inarguable. Uh, well, they're bad people. I agree with that. So, the cool thing about this, in L.A., every year around that time, there's a party oh, that takes man. place. This is one... And, you know, he actually has video of this party. I'll post it on Twitter. Yes, please. It's a thing. It's, it's really fucking hilarious. So, we fucking, as a great country, and as a great state, and as a great city of that state, L.A., we take part, and we celebrate our blunders of the military... And we celebrate every year with a reenactment raid, and we dance at a fort that actually shot into the sky in 1942, <laughs> and fucking party. You know, I'm a little disappointed in my own state of Michigan for not doing the same thing for when we invaded Ohio. <laughs> like we all just get tanked on the fucking border and fire guns in the air. So uh, at least you're embracing your fuck ups. <laughs> no, exactly, and it's great. So everybody. In the area of California, if you're close to Southern California, please go to the Great LA Air Raid. 
it is fucking fun. I've seen the videos. It looks like a kegger mixed with machine guns, which, but since they're all firing blanks, they can't possibly go wrong. Exactly. So, and the after party's at the Queen Mary, which is just a few miles down, and the Queen Mary's fucking great to party at. Let's say Queen Mary. It is a troop, it was a old troop ship. It was basically a cruise ship that turned into a troop ship during World War II that transported troops to England from New York and all that fun stuff, and then got decommissioned, and now it stays in San Pedro Harbor. And then we party in it. That's what I do with most museums if I have the choice. Like, I'd really like for us to throw a kegger at the uh, Fort Knox Armor Museum. <laughs> do a fucking keg stand off a stug. Would you do that at Fort Knox, though? Yes. Ugh. I mean, you just have to worry about, like, 120% humidity all the time. <laughs> so, and another cool thing was there was a movie that was made by Steven Spielberg that not a lot of people know about. I personally did not know about this movie until Nick showed it to me, and it might be my Favorite version of historical revisionism ever made. No, it really is historical revisionism. It, it is a fucking Spielberg movie starring John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. And there's a few others. And this is before Ghostbusters. This was in '79. Yeah, so this so is yeah, this before, is before Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, where all of uh, the Battle of a L.A. is turned into something that actually happened. So, basically, the Battle of 1941 takes part in uh, the Japanese uh, shelling of uh, the oil... The oil refinery. The oil refinery off Santa Barbara fucking coast. And then it goes into the L.A. air raid, and it's fucking hilarious. I will... I recommend it because I fucking loved it. Rotten Tomatoes says otherwise, but I thought it was fucking hilarious. Well, I mean, there can be movies that are entertaining but shitty. No, true. Like a good example that fits in to our conversation is the is Battle of L.A., the, uh, <laughs> the shitty um, marine movie. I really hope you weren't going to bring that up. The dude. shitty marine oh, movie so when the aliens invaded L.A. Unpopular opinion, I liked it. And if, no, I liked it too, but it has nothing to do with You know what? Uh, I but disagree. It it's I disagree like, because uh, aliens did it. Aliens did it, sir. And um, It's almost like it's showing the truth of what actually should have happened. It's a documentary. <laughs> it's a documentary of what happened. Um, I don't even remember how the movie ends. I do I remember that it upset me that they said Bob as F-O-B. Every time? Every single time. Every time. But it's a documentary, so we have to respect that. So, so yeah. you're you are uh, fake news, sir. We recommend. Well, I recommend the battle. Uh, basically, the movie 1941 by Steven Spielberg. You will have a fucking great laugh. Yeah. So I loved it. To get a good cross education on this episode, um, you actually need two computers. Um, you set one to Battle of LA. And you set one to, was it, Battle 1942? No, just 1941. 1940, That's it. 1941. That's and you watch them at the same time while actively punching yourself in the head. And you will thoroughly enjoy 1941 over at Battle least, Los Angeles. Uh, at least one of them is John Belushi. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd kind of sucks. No, also, in the beginning, you will see a naked bum from a nice blonde lady back in the time on a Jap Japanese submarine. But how? If you watch the movie, you'll find out. <laughs> so are you saying that... You it has a Jaws theme to it, because uh, so guess what? Spoiler alert, stop. Steven Spielberg fucking <laughs> directed Jaws. So you're saying you're, uh, 
glorifying the use of Japanese comfort women. At the time, yes. Oh! <laughs> Rape apologist! So, in my opinion, I know Joe will have another. What caused the shootout over Los Angeles? The Japanese military later claimed that it had never flown over aircraft around World War II around the time, providing the fuel and the bizarre, like... They didn't have any any like, kind of anything over there. Exactly. I mean, sure, we had intelligence saying they are going to be over there, but we had no proof. But them flying over the time, they totally deny it. And I believe it. Because they would totally fucking accept the fact that they sure. did it at the time. And they had no reason to lie. Exactly. So, you have these bizarre theories involving the government flying fucking jet aircraft. or It happened. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> Boeing was involved. Why do you think Boeing stationed in Seattle? Or flying saucers and extraterrestrials flying over the Los Angeles area around the time. In my most honest opinion, the logical explanation is the trigger-happy servicemen and terrible radar system combined to produce a false alarm over the area. Yeah, I mean, completely seriously, it's probably the... Uh one of a million times this happened over World War II. It just happened to be one of the few times it happened in the United States. Yeah. And you know what? There were times where, yeah, there are uh, pictures and uh, studies, that, uh, not studies, but uh, shit that happened in New York where they had ACAC on fucking buildings in New York just because they were so scared that the access were in their fucking shit, which they kind of were in a way. Not were, through the air. Not through the air, but they were afraid of it because they were, at this time the Battle of Britain was going on. So they said, oh, fuck, guess who's next? Right, Us. because the uh, the Battle of Britain was going so well, they can clearly extend their lines of supply yeah. to New York City. Um, I mean, what it comes down to is throw enough caution to the wind, and soon enough it all just sounds ridiculous. No, yeah, and I, the, I believe why they were so uh, nuts. I'm not, I'm not saying on the scale of pralines and dick that's a dick. I'm saying they might be vanilla. Um, because, I mean, it's... I can believe their fears. It, yeah, the absolutely. Time. It's a couple months removed from Pearl Harbor. No one ever thought they were going to be able to strike yeah, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, and then a few days before this, some shit got shelled just off the coast. Right. So, they're and it wouldn't be the only time riled up, dude. But, I mean, the idea that they were actually going to raid L.A. is kind of absurd. Oh, yeah, it is. And in the movie, which is pretty funny... Uh, how I just said that a Japanese plane crash-landed in the streets of Hollywood. It was, in the movie, it was an American airplane that crash-landed in the streets of Hollywood. Piloted by John Belushi! John Belushi! Yeah. The motherfucking Blues Brother himself! <laughs> if you get a chance to fucking watch the movie, and you will love it. I loved it. Honestly, I've only seen a couple it. clips because Steven Spielberg would like to uh, eliminate this fucking embarrassment from his... Uh, his Dude, filmography, but it looks ridiculous enough to be as good as Red Dawn. It was so funny. You know, except they're not killing communists, so, you know, whatever. Yeah, they're just killing slant eyes, you know, stuff like that. Oh, I didn't even get into the fact that, uh, okay, sorry, I skipped over so, something. Yeah, so why, why did a whole bunch of Japanese people end up being arrested after this? So, around this time, this was a embarrassment to the sheriff department and it, it needs to be noted this is uh pre-internment camps right if, this if, is if i'm to toe the government line this is pre-internment camps right sorry for skipping over but this was an embarrassment turned into an outrage basically the army shot him into an empty sky 
and the FBI rounded up several Japanese nurserymen and gardeners who were supposedly caught in the act of signaling enemy aviators. Man, who would have thought the entire Imperial <laughs> Japanese Air Force was signaled by fucking hedge clippers? Fucking gardeners. Three clips means bomb. <laughs> like, it's fucking ridiculous. I mean, and I know... You pulled that weed! Let's fucking go! Yeah, if, if you pull the rose weed, that means strafe here. <laughs> it, it's so dumb. It's all based in racism. Um, right. I mean, granted, only, like, we keep saying a million times a couple years, or a couple years, a couple months before it was Pearl Harbor, but this kind of belief would arch onward until, you know, Japanese people all over the West Coast end up in camps. Right. Um, just because they look different than us. Uh, clearly they need to be imprisoned. Right. Even though significantly more white, pasty, mayo-looking motherfuckers end up being agents for the Germans. Oh, like yourself. Uh. Um, how dare you ruin my handler. <laughs> but, uh, yes. This but, happened. It did happen. There's facts that it happened. There America was just no was Japs in the air. Racist. <laughs> yeah, th you know, and I am surprised because uh, there's never actually been a uh, any kind of historical proof that America's been racist. We uh, oh, okay. we've uh, we've always been um, extraordinary in uh, in race relations and progression. Of course. And uh, if you say anything otherwise, you hate freedom. Basically, yeah. you're not a patriot. No. Yeah. So even though we're sitting here, what? 20 miles away from the nearest former uh, Japanese internment camp? Possibly. It never happened. Yeah. It, never, it turns out that they, uh, they just gathered all of our neighbors who happen to be of the Asian persuasion to get together in uh, retirement homes. All right. And uh, you know, they were just surrounded by barbed wire for the aesthetic. Yeah, America was basically had a case of jitters. And, jitters? Uh, <laughs> And decided, you know what? We need to fucking lock these people up. Oh, they want to have their, they want to join the military, create their own unit. Oh, they're highly respected. Oh no, they, they, they won. They got more Medal of Honors than anybody else in Europe. We should probably bury this forever. You don't hear much about that, but that, it happened. That's the time for a different episode. Exactly. Um, which but, we will definitely be covering. Of course. Um, so that's our episode for this week. Uh, I know it was a little different. Uh, our last couple have been a little different, actually. A little bit. Uh, but, you know, when you've been doing this for a couple months, you kind of got to change the formula to keep people interested. Um, so I tried to put this off as long as possible, but uh, due to how long our episodes are getting with our intros and all of our different files, our hosting price has gone up. Yeah, we're catching our stride, apparently. That's what people keep saying, um, which has made our hosting price go up, which means the cost out of pocket has gone up. So don't shoot me here. I will be posting a Patreon. And I will tell you, however, that our hosting prices right now are $50. Um, every dollar spent over $50 will be put into charity uh, that we will ensure goes to some kind of veterans organization um, that Incredible. is yeah that is well respected. Right. It's, it's not going to go to the wounded warriors. No, I totally agree with that. No, I just I don't want to make money off this. Our podcast no. will always be free. I just don't want to lose money on it. Yeah. I, I do that enough. I'm a writer. <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> if I wanted to lose more money, more money, I would just write another book. 
I'll um, just throw fire into the garbage and yeah. put my fucking money in it. Um, speaking of which, this podcast that is brought to you by the uh, Old Crow Liquor, which is owned by Jim Beam. Go, <laughs> go and tag him on Twitter. Um, my book comes out, the uh, the Hooligans of Canada comes out August 9th. Uh, you can pre-order it's your... It's a good read. I feel like he is uh, obligated to say that, but I'll accept that. Um, I'm not obligated. You can pre-order your copy now. You can follow. You can follow the link in my pinned Twitter page to get a copy. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at jcast99. Uh, uh, sorry, old Crowbergs. You can follow me on Twitter on uh, nickcastm1, and you can follow the podcast at lions underscore bye. Um, rate and review us on iTunes or whatever yeah, other whatever. app you use. I know iTunes is the most popular. We will post pictures on the event because they're kind of cool looking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to post all the videos and pictures I can find. I'll even send videos to Joe of the times I was there because I took part in these parties and, and they were fun. Yeah. And so, sorry, what did they call you in reenactor circles? <sighs> They called me the non-American American. Because you're brown. Because I am brown. <laughs> and there's not a lot of us in it. And yeah. because I have the unpopular opi- opinion of not sucking America's dick every second I can. And that's why he's here at the table with me, ladies and gentlemen. So, with that, uh, we have uh, a, quite a few more interviews coming your way, hopefully. Uh, to include a modern-day veteran and a... Actual, no shit, historian. Oh, fuck! Yeah, like, doctorate level historian. I hope to make that as soon as possible. Um, so until then... Our board is fucking ready to go. We have shit ready. It's gonna be great. Yep, yep, absolutely. So, uh, until then, drink Old Crow. Drink it. Drink it. And uh, Tastes like chemistry, but drink it. Tastes like chemistry and fire. Uh, and uh, buy my books so I can at least afford the uh, server prices. And we will see you next week. Later.